uh, welcome you to God's house, and <laughs> Preston called me uh, Mr. Excitement. Um, I don't know how exciting it is going to be today, but I do know one thing. I know that uh, the excitement, knowing that I have Jesus Christ in my heart, and that, that he has, I've accepted him as Savior, is excitement enough for me. Amen? Um, I know that it's oftentimes that I don't show it, but shame on me. Amen. Shame on me. If you got your uh, Bible today, we're going to go to Joshua 24, verse 15. Most of you all, uh, uh, once I start reading this, you will know it, but some of you know it as soon as, as uh, we said, Joshua 24, 15. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in the world, and, and we're not here necessarily today to preach on those things, but over the last several months and here in the last a few weeks leading up to this, I've talked to several people, and and God just put it on my heart, not necessarily for this sermon, but I just want to get it, uh, I've had it on my heart to get a gauge of how things were from some of our elders um, that are more seasoned than myself, let's say it that way, that are more seasoned than myself. I talked to, uh, in, in these days and times, it is hard to find someone that can uh, remember World War II, but um, I, I talked to uh, one uh, gentleman, and, and he had, uh, and I was just talking to him about what kind of panic was in America, what what things was going on, and this is not a political sermon at all, but, but Randy, but, but but I had to. My heart has been burdened from the th for the because of the things I see and and, and the things that are going on, and and, and I talked to this gentleman and. Uh, he was one that not too long uh, uh, after uh, um, the Japanese had uh, bombed Pearl Harbor, he said, I want to go. And I, and I was talking to him, and he talked about his family being scared, and that uh, a, a great revival in his community had started because they didn't know what the future holds. Uh, hell, they didn't know what was coming next, and he said that all he wanted to do was do something for the good, but he hadn't accepted Jesus Christ. So he said that he went and explained to me and told me the best he could that he went and went to volunteer to serve his country, but he didn't know Jesus. And when he got in the thick of things, he realized he needed Jesus. And he said, how could Jesus take uh, uh, some person from uh, uh, the, the hills and the hollows of West Virginia and send them to a foreign land because he had volunteered and still know that he needed him? And still know, uh, how, how did Jesus pick him out over everybody? And he started to realize that that was God's plan, that God had sent his son to die for him and, and that before he was ever in his mother's womb, that Jesus knew him, and that Jesus, uh, or that God knew him, and that Jesus had died for him. So he said that he had made a promise to God, like most soldiers do, that, 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 that had accepted Jesus in the time of battle, that if you just let me make it home, I will serve you till my last breath. I will go and, and I will do every, anything and everything to proclaim your name. And sure enough, here he is back in West Virginia. And when you see him, he will tell you about Jesus. And I, I, I asked him, I said, what was, what was the feeling? What was, 
the feeling in, in your local community, in society. And he said that they expected Jesus to come back at any moment. That they lived every day and every moment looking towards the east, expecting Jesus to come back. Well, that started my wheels turning in my mind, and I started thinking, what else has went on in America? What else has went on in our communities that would get people so interested, so uh, drawn to Jesus Christ? So I started talking to people, uh, pressing about different things. and the, the, I'm going to tell you just a couple of stories, and uh, some of them are funny. I was talking to some people where I live now in right on um, this side of Lincoln County, uh, this end of Lincoln County, and, and, and I was talking to him, and I was told a story of one time that the northern lights was seen in a, in a place called Tiny Branch at Priestley Ridge. And this, this older woman was telling me, she said that, that they was out, and, and, and they looked, and they saw the northern lights. Of course, there wasn't uh, many news uh, uh, reports of this going to happen. Uh, they, they just seen the lights. And they said that the men ran down into the holler and started Chad busting their moonshine stills up because they thought Jesus was coming back and they didn't want Jesus to see their stills. <laughs> and I thought, that's pretty good, right? That, 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 that's pretty good. But the things going on in our world, what are we doing? Is there an urgency in your heart? Is there things going on in your life that, that makes you lean a little closer towards Jesus? I talked to some people of the Vietnam era. That when the Vietnam War had, had broke out and the draft had come, that there was people that, uh, there was teenage boys, uh, 17, 18 years old when the... Uh, when they got their draft card, they was, they was almost, and some was even in tears, thinking that they may be drafted. And I talked to one gentleman that was drafted. And he said the day that he knew, he said he sat on his mommy's front porch, and he cried watching the sun go down. And he was in fear, pressing that that was the last time that he would sit in the head of Hewitt and see the sun go down, and as he said, as a free man. He was willing to fight for his country, he was willing to do whatever was asked of him, but he was so scared of death that he didn't know Jesus Christ. He was scared. And he said that he knew when he was supposed to go and report, he knew all those things, and and. and he, he, he held on to it for a couple of days, and finally he said he went to his uncle and told his uncle what he was afraid of, and the uncle called the preacher, and, and, and they met right there on that same front porch, Chad, and he said that, that, that the dog was laying right there on the porch, and he said it was funny because when he kneeled down with the preacher to accept Jesus Christ as Savior, the old dog snuggled up against him, and he said, I don't know if the dog got saved or not, but he said that he accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, and his prayer was, Lord, wherever you send me, whatever you have me to do, uh, put a safeguard upon me, and when I come back, I will tell everyone on this creek, everyone in my community, every, anywhere you send me, I will tell them about Jesus Christ. And today, when you meet this man, he's always wearing his Vietnam uh, uh, veteran's hat, and he'll shake your hand, 
and tell you that he loves you, and he'll ask you if you know Jesus Christ. That was important in his world. There was things going on that scared him. So where are we at today? 2020. We've got a virus on every hand. If you watch this phone very much, if you stay on social media uh, very much, it, it'll break your heart. Joshua, let's read this and we'll move forward. Joshua 24, 15 says, And if it seem evil unto you, or if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. The gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, I, or we, will serve the Lord. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, there's things that have went on in my life, and I'm going to tell you a few of them. There's things that went on in my life, Judy, that, that I didn't know uh, which way was up or which way was east or which way was west, but I knew one thing. I knew that me and my house and me and my family was going to serve the Lord. But there was a time that wasn't so. There was a time that, that if I told you, told some people in this congregation, uh, uh, my, my crew that I ran with or the people that, that I run around with or thought was uh, my friends, that some of you would probably think, my goodness, he was running around with them people, but Jesus loves them too. But there was a time that I didn't care. One time in my life, uh, an important uh, part in my life was when April came and told me that Kayla was on her way. She came to me and she told me, and I never dreamed, Connie, in my life that a, 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 a black-haired, black-eyed little girl about this long would break my heart and I would fall in love with her. And I would do anything to protect her. But I still didn't serve Jesus. And then she told me that I was going to have Cameron was on her way. And the same thing. Black haired, black eyed little girl about this long. Broke my heart again. But I didn't know Jesus. But then, Randy, they was, I went to this church and, and, and they told me that it was a play, and they told me that if we would die on the way home, and I didn't know Jesus, that them two little girls I'd never see again. That if the whole family died in the car, I would never see my two babies. My wife had accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, and I was rotten as they came. And that broke my heart. It broke my heart to think that I would never get to see my wife, and I never get to see my two babies ever again in my life, and, and that I would be cast in a, a, a hell's fire for eternity. So I thought, for me and my house, the preacher said, choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day who you are going to serve. Are you going to serve the world? Are you going to serve everything the world has to offer? Or are you going to serve Jesus Christ. At the, that point in my life, it was a no-brainer. I didn't care what people thought of me. I didn't care who in the congregation 
uh, knew. They was all hypocrites before I went in. And then when I came and gave my life to Jesus Christ, I looked back and there was no hypocrite to be found. I loved them because I knew that I wanted to serve Jesus Christ. He had broke my heart. April 5th, 2010, at around 3 o'clock, I got a call that we had a problem. And and you know that that, that the upper big branch explosion took a toll on anyone that was there, took a toll on our our county, took a toll on our state and the mining industry. But that day, I I looked at grown men that, that was in fear, that didn't know Jesus Christ, and I looked them in the eye as we was getting ready, and I looked at one in particular, and he said, pray with me, I'm scared. A grown man played, uh, played baseball, uh, uh, was a major, uh, a minor league baseball player, played professional baseball, big old arms, big guy, and he said, I am scared. I knelt down with him and I prayed. And I told him, choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day who you will serve. That was an important event in our lives. But we had to make a decision. He had to make a decision. And guess what? This, this young man gave his life to Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, later in the week on Tuesday, uh, or yeah, Tuesday, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And to this day, him and his family serves the Lord. You and I got to realize that, that, that there's things going on all around us. Uh, we can either, the Bible says, we can either, uh, we can't serve a uh, uh, man and Jesus at the same time. You got to, uh, we can't uh, live on both sides of the fence. We got to serve, can't serve two masters because you'll love one and you'll hate the other. I find myself oftentimes in the world uh, 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 trying to, uh, things going on that makes me so angry that I want want to speak out and I want to say things and, and I want to do things that are unchristlike. But uh, thank God for my wife because she's always keeping me in check, Preston, telling me, you can't do that. You can't act like that. You can't say that. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. My oldest daughter, coming into her senior year, she had been blessed, and we had been blessed to the point to where she had got to experience a lot of things that a lot of teenagers hadn't got to. She got to travel the world playing the sports she loves, and and she she had had a lot of exposure and and. It got to a point there in the run of so many weeks or a month that that there was people calling the house or calling her cell phone continuously in the recruiting period. And no, they wasn't major colleges, but they was important to her. And I was excited, Chad, because that's what we had worked for. For 15 years, that's what we, or almost 15 years, that's what we had put all of our, our, our concentration is to make her better and, and to do those things. I come home from work one day, and she was sitting at the table and big old tears in her eyes, and, and, and I come in, and I thought somebody had died or something had happened, and she just looked at me, and she said, her and April was there, and she said that she didn't feel led to play college softball. That's what I did, Preston. I got mad. I said, I've spent all this money. 
I spent all this time, and you're telling me. I said, yeah, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. You're going. And there was a point in my life that I never wanted to see a softball again. I never wanted to see a field. Never wanted to pick up a bat. Cameron didn't play that whole year. I said, well, I'm not going. You want to play, go play for somebody else. I'm not playing. I was upset. Until this, that same girl, 18 years before, had broke my heart, came to me, and she said, Dad, why are you mad? Because I'm doing what God wants me to. Why are you mad? And God brought this verse to my heart. Choose this day who you will serve. That Joshua said, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now at this point in, in, in time when, when, when Joshua had wrote this, he said that he, that he was having to choose to serve Baal or serve the Lord. We are here in, in our uh, time and in our life, are we going to serve the world or are we going to serve the Lord? God's word says to serve the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That we are to strive to find the will of God in our life. That we are to go and persevere. It even says that we are to run a race. Oftentimes I find myself just going through the motions. Now I'm here to run a marathon, Chad, and he expects me to run the whole length of it. And I'll start out in a sprint when I first got saved and I would go to a jog. And I would find myself getting behind and I would find myself people passing me. And, and not that I wasn't in the race no more or my salvation was going somewhere, but I was just not capitalizing on it. I wasn't doing anything with it. And it got to the point, it's been to the point in my life at times that I'm almost walking the marathon. And God rekindles in my heart and shows me, Tony, that look, I have got to run the race. That I have got to do exactly what he wants me to. December 5th of 2019, a job that I love with all of my heart, that oftentimes April had told me that, that, that you, you put so much effort into this job and, and, and we are supposed to do our jobs at 110% of our ability if we are a Christian. But I had put all of my effort, Preston, everything in my heart, I would stay up and, and do my job. Even when I wasn't getting paid, I would be studying and I would do these things. And she would tell me, you're not being recognized. Why are you continuing to, to, to put so much effort into this? Because for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and the Lord says, do everything we do, do it for God and do it for the Lord. And, and that we're supposed to put all the effort in it. December 5th, 2019, I got laid off. My world fell apart. Over the last two months, you, most of you all may have even wondered, why don't we see Clint here? He ain't working. Because I didn't want to go nowhere. This virus had kicked in and, and, and things that had, had, had went awry and everything. And I'll admit, I went into sort of a, or, yeah, I'll admit, I went into a depression that, there's no job. There's 
nothing, nobody hiring. I didn't feel like I'd been recognized for all the effort that I'd put in for all those years. And I didn't want to see nobody hardly. I didn't want to talk to nobody. And God started stirring in my heart over the last three weeks and, and to do things for him. And, and guess what? He had told me those things all before from December uh, to June to do these things. And I did I, I don't want to do nothing. April would come here and sometimes I wouldn't get out of bed until about 1030. And me and my little one would sit and we'd eat cereal together or I would eat something with her and we'd sit and we'd watch our cartoons. And, hey, they some good ones there. I, I, I got to watching them. And we would sit and she would curl up against me and God was dealing with me about several things. But I wasn't listening. Finally, about three and a half, four weeks ago, he broke my heart. God ever broke your heart? You was a Christian. You're a Christian and you're not doing what God wants you to do and he breaks your heart? I thought being under conviction that I was lost was bad. But when you are saved and you're not doing what God wants you to, and he takes those hands and he wrings your heart, listen, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I didn't want nobody around me. It felt like ten times the weight of me being lost on, uh, uh, on me. God would wake me. When I would fall asleep, God would wake me up telling me something to do. And I started doing these things, Johnny. You may not have seen me here. People may not have seen me doing these things, but I started doing what God wanted me to do. The girls that, 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 that I've been so blessed to coach for the last five years, I had slacked on telling them about Jesus. So God woke me up in the middle of the night and he told me, you have got to tell these young people. You've got to tell your team. And, and Chad, I hadn't. We'd quit having Sunday devotions. We'd quit praying after practice. We hadn't done hardly anything. I set them all down and I preached. God had me preach to them. I no more said the prayer at the end and dismissed practice. And one of the young ladies had grabbed me and she said, I just got saved. And she wanted to know about baptism. And then the next day, her little brother looks at me and says, I want to be saved. I had quit doing what God had told me to do and, and wasn't listening to the call of God in my life. And there was numerous things. I was coming up, and, and I promise I'm going to close. I had been to, been to my dad's, and I was coming down Route 17, Chad, and, and I seen the, the, this woman walking. I thought I knew everybody in that area, and I didn't know this person. And where she was walking, I couldn't get off the road and, because God had already told me, tell her about me. I drove down and, and she was walking uh, from uh, Roger Green's uh, to Washington Heights in that stretch where I couldn't get off the road. So I went down to Eastern States and I turned around and I come back up a road and she hadn't made it much further. And I went to pull in uh, right there at Washington Heights and turn around and there was a truck sitting there and I couldn't get off a road. So I had to go up to the mouth of Logat and turn around, and when I come back down the road, she was nowhere to be found. 
So I went back down to the old car wash before you get to Roger Green's, and I turned around, and I come back up a road, and right in front of Danny Bickers, she stood. So I pulled off a road, and I asked her, I said, could you come here a minute? And she said, yeah, why? And I said, just come here. And I said, I don't know what your belief is. I don't know if you believe in God. But God made me stop. I've passed you three times. And God made me tell you that he loves you. Whatever is going on in your life, I don't care. But God does. And God loves you. And whatever your need is, God will supply it only if you surrender to him. Big old tears come up in her eyes, Preston. And her and I stood there beside the road. And, and, and I'm sure if some people would have seen the preacher standing there before he had his hat off, standing there talking to them, rumors would have swirled. But I sat and, at my truck and I prayed with this young lady. And I told her that, and I'm not, I'm not saying none of this to brag on me. Please don't ever think that. But I've done God's will. And there's instance after instance over the last four weeks that God had had me to do that I wasn't doing. I forgot that for me and my house, we was going to serve the Lord. I had chose to waller in my self-pity. I had chose to look around me at the conditions of this world and the conditions that that, that I was in, and just, woe is me. I was almost, I, I should have been like Job and shaved my head and went and sat in the ash pile because that was the condition I was in. But God said, choose this day who you will serve. He chose Joshua to write that. And he's choosing each and every one of us today that no matter what situation you're in, no matter what's going on, God can get your attention. And if he's just nibbling at you right now, if there's just little things going on in your life that are making you look towards God, now's probably the time to do it because you don't want him to get a hold of you. Because he, he says over in the book of Romans, to do his reasonable service. And I've said this a thousand times, but what's reasonable to God? It was reasonable for God that he sent his son to die. That was reasonable. So what's his reasonable service he's asking you to do? All throughout God's word, he's got people's attention in various ways. Some like and some that none of us want to go through. So this day, choose who you will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I pray that for you and your house, you were going to serve the Lord. A song that scared me to death when I was about 12, 13 years old was the old inspiration song, Jesus is Coming Soon. For the first time in my life, I'd heard the words, and it scared me to death. All our life, we've been told that Jesus is coming soon. All our life, we've been told that, that, that your Redeemer draweth nigh. But I do know God's Word says that He'll come like a thief in the night. There'll be three there, two will be taken, one will be left.
So just after you leave here today, just think, wherever you may go, if you're here today and you are lost, look over at your family, and if your family is saved, just think, that if Jesus would call the church home, would you be left? As you may go to your family today, and you may go to your extended family, or may see your friends this afternoon, just think, will any of those people be left? Choose this day who you will serve. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we come to you, we thank you for another day. We thank you for your sweet word. We thank you for your spirit that you've uh, poured out on us, Lord. That We know that we uh, uh, fail just like every other person and probably more than most. But Lord, we lift your name up above all names. We lift you up uh, 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 above everything. And we know that, you, that, that the name of Jesus is the only name which we must be saved by. Lord, if there's one here that don't know you, we ask you that you convict their heart and let them be saved. If there's one here that is not quite serving you, maybe they was in the situation that I was, that we were saved, but we were just going through the motions and we was wallowing in our self-pity. Lift them up. Deal with their heart. And I pray that they have new desire to serve you even more. Those that may have been watching that, that, or that may watch in the future, Lord, we ask you that you deal with their hearts and let this, let this message be a blessing to someone. If it wasn't to anyone but me, Lord, I thank you. We ask these things in your holy and gracious name, Jesus. Amen.